I want to be a servant leader because servant leaders are very popular and, you know, people admire servant leaders. But in your heart of hearts, if you stingy, <laughs> if you are selfish or, you know, it, or if putting the needs of others just isn't, I mean, and you have to be honest with yourself, just putting the needs of others in front of yours, if that's not your thing, then baby, you are not a servant leader and that's okay. That's okay. You have to be honest with yourself because the best type of leader is an authentic leader. Welcome to the Leaders Lab, the podcast created to help millennial multi-passionate entrepreneurs build, organize, launch, and manage their online brands and businesses without losing balance. And now, here's your host, the digital organization development consultant, cross-cultural communication specialist, and your favorite global leader, Dr. Charity C. Campbell. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to the third episode of the Leaders Lab Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Charity C. Campbell, and today we are talking about the cons of the eight most common leadership styles that we started talking about last week. Okay, so we talked about the pros of each leadership style before the break. And so now we're going to get into the dirty side. We're going to get into the cons of each leadership style. Let's start with a autocratic leadership style. So now I know, I know, because we already talked about how this is the authoritative type of leadership style. So you, I'm sure you already have a couple of examples in your mind. There are a plethora of disadvantages for the autocratic leadership style, but I've narrowed it down to my top three. And the first one is that this leadership style discourages the creative thinking process. And as a creative myself, whew, honey, being creative um, is one of the things that Honestly, it, it gives me joy. It, it brings life, additional life like out of me. But can you imagine serving under a leader where your innovation and your creative thinking is stifled and, and it stifles your collaboration as a result of lacking input from the team since all decisions are made by that one person in power? That's what it's like to serve under an autocratic leader. Not only that, but it leads to abuse of power. It also leads to resentment and disloyalty from disengaged members who feel like they're ignored and like their voice isn't valuable. Not only that, but it impedes the ability for mentorship or professional growth since the overall message is, it's my way or the highway. So those are three types of, uh, those are three cons of an autocratic leadership style. Bureaucratic leadership style. The first con is that this style can be extremely strict, okay? Which also stifles the level of creativity, innovation, and collaboration. The second con is that it's actually really inefficient since everything has to go through a specific chain of command. So in, in the case where, you know, you might have somebody who can complete a project or a task fairly quickly, um, but they have to wait to get things approved 
Even if, even if this is their field, even if, you know, they are qualified to complete the task, they know what to do, but they have to wait for approval from a chain of command. That can be quite inefficient. And then third, it doesn't foster relationship building within teams. There's no, there's no uh, collaboration efforts. There's no, you know, there, there's no initiatives to help develop and foster these relationships within teams. Then we have the charismatic leadership style. So um, <laughs> for those of you who are saints and I know you're like, oh, I already know a couple of those cons. Well, let's just <laughs> let's just pull back our assumptions for a moment and take a look at these three. So sometimes a charismatic leader can be considered self-centered and shallow since they can become more focused on themselves than their people. And Charismatic leaders are frequently viewed as disingenuous, like there's always a hidden motive. And the last con is that charismatic leaders develop tunnel vision while losing sight of other important issues due to their intense focus. So those are three cons of that leadership style. So the second leadership style that we're going to talk about uh, with the cons is the coaching leadership style. And this one really, really deals with efficiency because usually you have one person, you know, the, the one leader who is in this position. So efficiency depends on the size of the team here. If the team is sizable, then coaching each and every individual, that can get troublesome at times. And it could also lead to slow results. And the second con is that this leadership style may not be ideal for high pressure or primarily results driven organizations because, you know, if you're talking about coaching one person at a time or trying to get the best out of this one person, and I'm, of course you can coach a team, but when you're talking about mentoring, which is what the coaching leadership style is really about, um, which is, this is perfect for um, National Mentor Month, by the way. Um, but um, when we're talking about mentoring, you know, you, you, you invest time in one individual at a time. Now, when we're talking about high pressure and, and um, results-driven organizations, things are very fast. The things move quickly. And so going back to con number one, where we're talking about efficiency, it all depends on the size of the team. And then the last con is that this leadership style requires a lot of time and energy from the leader. So again, depending on the size of the team or the size of the organization or the size of the following, um, that type of leader, the coaching leader could burn out easily. Now, the democratic leadership style. Now, some of the cons for this leadership style is that one, since this is a participative management style, it creates an environment where every individual may expect their input to be valued and implemented. But the reality is the, the minority opinion is shot down. Only the most beneficial ideas are put into effect. Now, the second con here is that Coming to a clearly defined decision, it may actually take a, a much longer time since there is an involvement of multiple people, and that can lead to more communication gaps and confusion as well. And then the last con of the democratic leadership style is that there is an element of uncertainty, as the leader may tend to be inconclusive in critical situations, which require an immediate response. So those are three 
very obvious cons of the democratic leadership style. Now, here is our beloved servant leadership style, the beloved servant leader, okay? So the first con here, or the first um, disadvantage here, is that the servant leadership style, it can be challenging, okay? It, and it, it, all, it all really comes back to our nature, what's in our nature. This can be challenging to, to put the needs and desires of others in front of your own, especially if it doesn't come naturally to you. So that's one of the, you know, if you're trying to be someone who you're not, you're saying, well, I want to be a servant leader because servant leaders are very popular and, you know, people admire servant leaders. But in your heart of hearts, if you stingy, <laughs> if you are selfish or, you know, it, or if putting the needs of others just isn't, I mean, and you have to be honest with yourself, just putting the needs of others in front of yours, if that's not your thing then baby, you are not a servant leader. And that's okay. That's okay. You have to be honest with yourself because the best type of leader is an authentic leader. So the second con, I just dropped that for y'all. Okay. <laughs> so the second con is um, since servant leaders focus more on serving first, burnout can happen far quicker with this style of leadership than the others because they're giving, 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 giving. And then afterwards, then they eat. It's like Simon said, you know, leaders eat last. So they're feeding everyone else, feeding everyone else. And then, you know, they give last. They, they feed themselves last. And if, if, you know, servant leadership is in your nature, then you won't burn out as quickly as someone who is not a natural servant leader. If you're not a natural servant leader, you're going to burn out so fast. You're going to be like, mm -mm -mm, this is not for me. That's why you have to be authentic in answering these questions when you say, what type of leadership style best suits me? Okay. And then the third con is that it can be difficult to train other leaders to operate with that whole serve first mentality because not everybody has this servant leadership type of heart. And that's okay. I cannot drive that enough. Like I, I can't, I can't say it enough to you. It's okay if you're not a natural servant leader. Everybody can't be a servant leader. Okay. You need to find which leadership style suits you and your personality best and work that one. Okay. And we're going to talk about in just a moment how you can discover which leadership style works best for you. Transactional leadership. What are the disadvantages? So the first one is that like, just like the autocratic leadership style, this does limit creativity and it also limits growth and innovation because it's traditional and it is set in its guidelines, which eliminates the creative input of others. So it's like, this is what we're doing. This is how you're going to do it which is the same as autocratic leadership. But with a transactional leader, it also says, and this is how you'll be rewarded for completing it. Okay, so that's the first, that's the first disadvantage. The second one is it incites scrutiny and it is prone to micromanagement since management is straightforward in the task and processes. So this type of leader, you know, it'll assign, you know, a, a, a manager to complete a task, but always looking over the shoulder saying, hey, did you do it this way? Did you finish what it looks like? You know, what's the results? I, I, don't nobody want you looking all over their shoulder all the time like that? 
Okay, but so, but that's one of the disadvantages of a transactional leader because they are there. They have to stay on time. They have to stay on schedule. They have to make sure that those set guidelines that are put there, that those things are being followed to the T. The third disadvantage here is that it may not be impactful for people who aren't driven by extrinsic motivation, but are looking for professional and personal developmental opportunities instead. So you could actually lose your team members. You could lose the interest of your team members if you're focused on being a transactional leader, but there's no room for growth. There's no room for professional development. That's, that's, not, that's not what they signed up for. You know, and and you can bring as many rewards and 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 um, I, I wanted to say treats, but you can bring as many motivating factors and rewards as you want to. But if it's just not something that drives them, then you're still going to lose their interest. And once you lose their interest, you lose their loyalty. And then the last leadership style is the transformational leader. Now, the three cons here is that first. It may not be the best fit for specific organizations um, since this style is always on the hunt for like ways to improve current systems. It could actually result in confusion in the processes and uh, that are already established. And it could also result in confusion among members as the transformation process begins. So it might not be the best fit. You, if you're a transformational leader and you're coming in a bureaucratic organization where they have systems and levies set in place, and this is what you know, this is what they have followed, this is what they will always follow, but yet you're a transformational leader, so you're trying to come in and say, Well, let's see what we can improve and what we can change, and they're not willing to change, they don't want to change. Well, now we have uh, now we have this mismatched leadership. You have a different type of leader coming into an organization and they, they just, they're not compatible. Um, and the second type of uh, disadvantage here is that it can actually cause feelings of instability while disrupting the status quo. You, you come into a, uh, to an organization that's stable, right? We talked about the bureaucratic, um, organizations, but which by the way, you have, um, when we're dealing with bureaucratic organizations, we're generally talking about like um, government, uh, military, you know, d- those types of organizational structures. So when you come into an organization like this, that can coming in and saying, hey, let's let's find ways of, of change and how we can transform this thing for the better. It can actually cause feelings of instability um, depending on the, the type of member it is, it could also cause anxiety while disrupting the status quo. And then the last con here or disadvantage is that it's a lot of pressure on the leader. There's a lot of pressure on transformational leaders because they must first lead by example. So, you know, they are the ones who they have to be transformed. They have to be transformational and they have to be impactful. They have to show, I have the ability to come in and incite change. I have the ability to come in and motivate people to change for the better. I can do this because I've done it first. You can see me as the example. I hope you're getting some valuable insight from today's episode. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll take a look at a few ways that you can discover which leadership style bet suits your personality as a millennial professional. Are you enjoying today's episode? Stay tuned. We'll be back after this message. 
Hey everybody, today's sponsorship is brought to you by my travel brand, Doctora the Explorer. There's a plethora of travel influencers all across social media, but I'm not seeing many millennial global leaders having the same kind of reach and impact. So last year, I launched my travel brand and would like to extend an invitation for you to join me in my explorative adventures. You can find more details about this on my blog at www.doctoratheexplorer.com and also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Doctora Explorer. That is at D-O-C-T-O-R-A-E-X-P-L-O-R-E-R. Journey with me as we see the world through God's eyes. We're back with The Leader's Lab with Dr. Charity C. Campbell. Okay, so that brings us to the fourth point. What are some ways that you can discover which leadership style best suits you? Now, of course, there are right and wrong ways to lead, but I just have to make sure I reiterate, there's no one leadership style that suits everyone. Like before, when I was talking about, if you're not a servant leader, own that. There's no universal leadership style because every single person is unique, right? They have unique characteristics and personalities, which both play a role in identifying which type of leader you really are. So one of the first things, I'm gonna give you about five points, okay? About five or six points. The first thing you can do is be honest about who you are. Know your personality. Dominant personality traits can indicate uh, indicate which kind of leadership style best suits you. And I'm going to tell you, I used to take, (laughs) I'm embarrassed to say this, but I used to take those personality tests. You know, when you go into a job, right? Um, when, when you're going into one of those job assessments and they give you these, um, these long computerized tests that you have to like click on things and stuff. Well, y'all, I used to complete these assessments based on what I think the ideal person would do, not based on me, like who I am at my core. I know, I know the charlatan is awful, but that's what I used to do. Now, here's the thing. When you are, I stopped doing that when I, when I started thinking about the type of leader that I wanted to become, because the first thing is people can spot a fake. I mean, the counterfeit just, um, you smell a certain way. Okay. So, so if you're trying to say you are a servant leader, but you smell like being bossy, you smell like a dictator, you're not a servant leader because that's not how servant leadership works. So that's why I say you have to be honest with yourself, okay? Be authentic, know your personality. Dominant personality traits, that can show you which leadership style best suits you. Traits such as being impulsive, um, patient or compassionate, determined, or even domineering, and these are just a few examples, but they give clues as to which kind of leadership style most naturally suits you. So number one is know your personality. Number two, know your values. Values impact your reputation as a leader because they can determine who we rely on as leaders and vice versa. 
Okay. So being able to clearly communicate your values as a leader helps to build trust amongst your following. And it also helps you to earn respect while showing your authenticity and integrity. This is why I say it is absolutely imperative that you are true to who you are. The third uh, way is to know your strengths and weaknesses, boo. Both of them affect your leadership role and being able to identify them can give you the knowledge you need to work on improving in areas that need improvement. And the fourth way, <laughs> I'm laughing because the fourth way is, is one of the ones that it even hits me still to this day at, time, uh, at times, but you need to ask around, get feedback. And I can't speak for every millennial professional, but I think sometimes we're reluctant to ask for feedback because oftentimes constructive criticism turns into a bashing session, which can create opportunities for offense to come um, when conducted in the wrong manner. So this is where building a culture of feedback amongst colleagues and mentors can help you discover ways to improve those weaknesses and continue cultivating those strengths. You have to make sure your approach Okay, you have to make sure your approach, if someone asks you to give them feedback, make sure you give people feedback the way you would want to receive feedback. Now, I'm not saying be all super light and fluffy and all of that. No, I'm saying deliver the truth, but deliver it with love because there's a difference. Okay, I think sometimes a lot of people, they get caught up in the whole criticism part instead of it being constructive. Constructive means you build up. Okay. You build up. So if you are giving constructive criticism, you are pointing out the flaws. You're pointing out what needs to be changed. You're pointing out all the errors, all of that, but you're doing it in a way that still builds up that individual and not tears them down. Do you hear me? I want to make sure you hear me. If you hear me, I need you to say, I hear you. Now I can't hear you. (laughs) I can't hear you say, I hear you, but I feel you. I feel you saying it. All right. The next thing is evaluate your ability to delegate. Okay. This one right here is a toe stomper because let's be honest, letting go can be hard to do when you're dealing with a brand, a team or a project or business that you've birthed from the ground up. And we hover and do all the things, even though we're burned out because we have a difficult time delegating tasks and letting go. Now, if you struggle with delegation, let me just say that you may have a trust issue. A strong indicator of leadership lies in the ability to entrust others with complex details. For the very first time ever in my life, last month, I hired a part-time assistant. Y'all, it was just time. And I've come to a point in my life as a multi-passionate entrepreneur that I can't afford to do all the things nor be all the things. And I told God that this would be on him. I said, Lord, you gave me the wisdom to know that it's time to get help. And in return, I'm putting my trust in you regarding the team that I'm building. It's the same mindset that I've created about paying tithes and offering and first fruit and donating money to charities overseas. I'm just like, God, I'm sowing this as a seed. It's not my job to worry about the seed soil or what is done with that seed. I do my part and I'm going to just leave the rest to you. 
So I don't know why I had to say that. Somebody needed that right there. <laughs> Somebody needed that. Okay, and the very last thing, the very last tip is look at who is leading you. Okay, when we're talking about finding ways to discover um, our leadership style or which leadership style best suits you, look at who is leading you. Your leadership style will be influenced by the leaders you've served and work with, whether positive or negative. Okay, so even if you had a positive experience or if you had a negative experience, honey, your leadership style is influenced by that. The traits, the patterns, all of that of those who influence us impact how we make decisions, how we behave under pressure, how we handle or mishandle those we lead, how we address confrontations and more. You see, our parents were our first leaders, right? Then we had our teachers and professors and employees and, uh, excuse me, employers and pastors and mentors, and they all have an impact on the type of leadership style that best suits you. Your job, though, is to analyze the skills and traits and qualities of those leaders and decide which ones are worth adopting into your leadership style and which ones to discard. I want to leave you with a quote from the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He said that a genuine leader is not a searcher for consensus, but a molder of consensus. I'm going to read that again. A genuine leader is not a searcher for a consensus, but a molder of consensus. I want you to meditate on that on that quote. So I want you to find me on Instagram at Dr. Charity TV. And in the comment section under this podcast episodes video, I want you to leave me a comment um, saying how this quote resonates with you or what it means to you. And let's have a chat about it. Okay. So what I would like for you to do is before you go, subscribe to the Leaders Lab podcast, download today's episode, rate, comment, and then share it so that we can continue reaching millennial leaders all across the globe. And again, you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Charity TV. Listen, it's been great today. Next week, in honor of mentor uh, mentoring month, January, we are going to talk about mentorship and passing the torch. Ho, ho, ho. Generational, basically generational torch passing. That's what we're going to be talking about, passing the baton. So don't forget to tune in next week on the Leaders Lab podcast. Thank you for listening to the Leaders Lab podcast. Visit our website at www.drcharitytv.com and follow us on all social media platforms with at Dr. Charity TV.